For today's episode, just to give you a heads up, I am always pursuing emotional and physical safety with my listeners, and this podcast episode does contain sensitive content. Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a wife, mom, and trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of trying all the mainstream modalities of healing to save my marriage, I found myself two kids later separated and on the verge of divorce. That's when I stumbled upon the unconventional game changer of somatic work that not only resurrected my dying marriage, but bled into breakthroughs in my parenting, purpose, spirituality, health, wealth, business, and more in just six months. My intention with this podcast is simple. Through every weekly episode, my goal for you is that one, you realize how insanely collective our struggles are, that you're not even close to alone. Two, that you can laugh a little because God knows we need it. And three, that you walk away with actionable advice on how to design your unique blueprint for your breakthrough life. So get your earbuds in, grab your coffee so you can sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. So today I want to talk about how our body posture can tell us a lot about our identity, how we really view ourselves and how others view us. So let me explain before we dive in. So about midway through the client journey that I take my clients on, we get into body posture and identity work. And they really go hand in hand because a lot of the situations that women that I work with have been through are situations that have left them feeling powerless. And so things like abandonment, abuse, neglect, betrayal, different traumatic events, situations where they were not in control. And what our body does, we'll dive into this, is it moves and contorts and adjusts to protect us over the course of our life. And it does keep the score of what we've been through. And so in order to heal, a lot of the healing can come from curious observation of how we're holding ourselves, what our body is trying to communicate to us. And a lot of the work we do here is identity work, like deep down on a subconscious level, how do we really view ourselves and how do we hope or think or want others to view us? Not in a people-pleasing way, but more in like a legacy way. Like when I am, it's said and done and I'm at the end of my life and I've passed on, what imprint have I left on this planet? How are my kids going to talk about me? How are my friends and family going to say I was? And so this is what we're going to dive into. And today's episode is not meant to be taken as a blanket statement that covers every single listener. Obviously, there's going to be listeners in very unique positions when it comes to talking about body posture. So for women listening with chronic illnesses or health conditions, bedridden, paralyzed, victim of traumatic event or event, you know, accidents, please just hear everything that I say and take it with a grain of salt through the filter of what makes most sense in your position. Okay. So posture, (laughs) it's like honestly been so triggering for me over the years going to a chiropractor. I don't know if you guys go to a chiropractor, but I love them. And my kids actually love our chiropractors too. They call them the popcorn doctor because when he adjusts them, they hear the little little popcorn sound. And so they're like, are we going to go to the popcorn doctor? But for years, my chiropractor was like, Becky, you got to work on your posture. You got to have better posture. And let me keep it real with you right now. And I promise there's a point to this, what I'm about to say. But my knee-jerk reaction, whenever someone ever reminded me to check my posture, 
is I would think I cannot do that. I cannot have good posture because I'll literally knock someone out because how do I put it? Your sister over here has no scarcity in the upper pectoral neighborhood. And oh my God, let me not even talk about when I was breastfeeding was literally shopping size G bras. So I think my breasts were literally heavier than my babies. No exaggeration. But it wasn't always that way. I was actually the last out of all of my friends to get boobs. I literally used to cry to my mom that I was the only one out of all of my cousins and friends with a flat chest. I'd spend hours in my room. I was an only child, literally stuffing my little limited two tank tops with socks. Who remembers limited two? Now it's called justice. But I'd be stuffing my shirts with socks just to see what I'd look like if I was like the rest of my friends, normal, right? And so it actually, it became a party trick on the high school soccer bus on our way to games. I would punch myself in the chest to prove to everyone that it didn't hurt even a little bit because there's literally nothing there. (laughs) Why was I so weird? But then junior year of high school, I was like, I don't know. God had decided to shower me with some miracle grow or something because I started to develop out of nowhere really fast. And by my senior year, my hips did not lie. And Victoria's Secret said they did not stutter when they said I was, in fact, a double D. So be careful what you wish for. All that to say, I remember how much attention it was suddenly getting me from guys. And it was kind of appealing to me at first, but it also felt way too fast too soon. And I really wasn't prepared for it. So it freaked me out at the same time. I remember walking by the two popular football players in civics class and they were staring at my butt and they said loud enough for the class to hear, damn, that should be illegal. And I just wanted to hide. I wish I could have given myself a personal declaration of independence from that civics class. I remember women at church who didn't even know me walking up to me and telling me to pull my shirt up, honey, that my cleavage was showing, even though I was trying my hardest to be modest, but I would feel so much shame and embarrassment in those situations. So all of this sudden positive and negative attention that I had never had before caused me to recoil, self-protect. It sent the message to me that now all of a sudden my body is a thing. It's a big deal. And it's all people see when they look at you for better or for worse. So before I even had a conscious relationship with my own body, before I knew how to speak its language and listen to what it was trying to tell me, my body intuitively knew how to move to protect me. So what I started doing at the time, although subconsciously, was changing my posture, started hiding, slumping, caving my shoulders in, anything to try to avert attention away from my curves. I started walking differently, dressing differently, sitting differently, and even running differently, all to protect myself from that perceived threat of danger. My body was intuitively and subconsciously warding off all the boys with their cat calls and all the church ladies with their looks of disapproval, both equally a threat to my deep core need for A, respect and dignity, and B, acceptance and belonging. It's so interesting, right? Like rewinding back to the Becky in her bedroom as a freshman in high school, stuffing her shirt with socks, wishing to look like her friends and cousins, because then I thought then I'd have the love, acceptance and belonging. But then when the attention actually came, I didn't like it. It was too much, too crass, too uncomfortable. 
And so here's where we all find common ground and collective understanding of what can feel like for most of us, a lifelong cyclical path of finding our contentment from within rather than from the shifting, unpredictable waves of our external environments. Marvin Gaye said it best when he said, if you cannot find peace within yourself, you'll never find it anywhere else. So when we learn what the posture of our body is trying to communicate to us about our life and our deepest core needs and our identity, we now are in a position of being able to reclaim and step back into our power. You know, virtually all of my clients, they've been through a situation or season that's left them feeling powerless. Um, So when I started working with women, one of my biggest goals for her is, especially at the beginning, is to start curiously observing her own body to have her start doing that and her own symptoms. One client, I remember her husband actually booked the call for her when we first, you know, she was looking into the program. And when I show up on Zoom, I see her husband upright and smiling. And she was like hunched over, like arms crossed, head down, looking up at me like, why the hell did my husband drag me to this call? And I couldn't help but laugh. But fast forward, she did end up starting our Root to Rise six-month coaching program. This is where I teach ambitious, high-achieving wives how to repair intimacy in their marriage by moving trauma out of the body. And so a couple of months into the program, when we had a paint night, it was literally art therapy. We were literally painting. She was painting. She was dancing. Her shoulders were upright. She started belting out lyrics to all the old 90s Disney classics. She was making random comments on her artwork, like in a British accent. She was just being herself. And her body language, her posture, her positioning, her energy, all of it showed me, well, there's no question this girl feels safe and at home now. So on the one end, it's maybe collapsing inward, making ourselves small, covering, hiding, crossing our legs and our arms. This is how our body works to protect us. But what this can also do is it can send messages to your external world that you're maybe uninviting or have low self-worth or insecure. On the other end of the spectrum, your posture may be You know, just as much it's trying and seeking to protect you, but you're not slumped forward or concave. You're more shoulders back, chest puffed out, nose slightly up in the air. And what this can do is it can send the message to your external world that you're unapproachable or intimidating. It's like you're holding up this energetic sign that says, don't mess with me. I don't play. Back off right? So the healing, grounded, anchored, confident, secure, and authentic body holds itself somewhere in the middle, like a child. Think about children. You know, if they had a healthy, connected environment to grow up in, they're typically going to have amazing posture, nothing to hide, no inhibition. It's neither shrunken nor puffed out. They have nothing to prove and nothing to protect. So I know even as you're listening to this, you're already thinking about how you can change it, how you can fix your posture. And I'm actually going to tell you not to do that. However you're holding yourself today, it's for good reason. And as natural as it is to want to quote unquote fix it right away by forcing and contorting your body to hold you the quote unquote right way, this can be a very band-aid surface level attempt that doesn't last in the long run. So what do we do instead? Instead, I just invite you to simply notice your body today with curiosity, with compassion, understanding, and acceptance. Notice your posture and listen to it before trying to fix it. So are you slumped forward, concave, crossing your legs, your arms in a way that feels like self-protection? Are you holding your stomach and tensing your abs? 
or is your belly open and soft? Just notice your body. What might you be bracing yourself from? You know, so many of us aren't living right now. We're bracing for the next blow. We're waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under us. So many of us have been through devastating loss, abuse, infidelity, abandonment, upheaval, transition, and our body keeps the score of all of it if we don't tend to these traumas and properly move that energy out. You may have heard me speak about this before, but Peter Levine, he wrote an amazing book called Waking the Tiger, and he gives this example of how animals naturally were in the in the face of danger, a life-threatening situation. After the danger has passed, they'll shake. This literally happened yesterday. Our cat somehow got like stuck in our cupboard and she's sneaky, but all of a sudden we're hearing meowing and we're like, where is she? Where is that coming from? And she was in the little cupboard under the sink. And so we let her out and she immediately shakes like her whole tail, her body just shakes. And she, I saw her hair was shedding. She she usually does not shed. She's a short haired cat. And, you know, it made me realize like, man, what Peter Levine was talking about. But with humans, we may shed. Some of us may have noticed our hair loss during stressful seasons, but we don't shake normally. We're too sophisticated and evolved for shaking. Unless you're Taylor Swift, she normalizes it. But, you know, when we go through trauma, we hold our breath or we freeze and scroll with our thumb to numb out or we dive into hyperachieving. We drown out the perceived and actual threats. We drown it out with wine, weed, or work. We power through life because we haven't been taught any other way. You know, these are the thoughts that go through our head. It's like, who's got time to slow down when there's a kid screaming for food, bills to be paid, deadlines to be met, a house to be cleaned, people everywhere demanding your energy, sucking it out of you until you find yourself on the bathroom floor crying in the fetal position, gripping your chest, turning it all on yourself with the classic collective question every high-achieving woman I've ever met ends up asking herself at some point, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? We turn it on ourselves. We attack ourselves. We see the tears, the tight chest, the muscle pain, and the shaking in the fetal position as a sign that we are weak or broken rather than our body trying to speak wisdom to our very existence. And it's not our faults, guys. It's just how we've been conditioned and programmed and taught, both implicitly and explicitly. It's been passed down generationally, which is also carried in our bodies at the very cellular level of our DNA. That's a whole other conversation for another time. But my point is, how amazing is it that we turn on ourselves and default to defectiveness when our bodies are literally doing exactly what they were designed to do to protect us from our pain. So how do we move back into an energetic and somatic place of power? How do we go deeper than our chiropractor just telling us to have better posture? Because if you're anything like me, you're going to agree with him mentally and verbally and then maybe drive home sitting up straight. But three hours later, your body is going to trump all your best intentions and you'll be like, screw it. This is too hard. So instead, I invite you to start with the curious observation and lean into radical self-compassion. Pull out the phrase, oh, interesting, as much as you need while getting to know your body and how it might be trying to communicate with you. Might sound so weird, but if you're new to this work, you might treat it as like a blind date with your own body. Like talk to your body like you would a person that you're just meeting off Bumble or Match or whatever online dating site people use nowadays. 
but especially if you're really new to this, it might feel like this is not only a blind date with a stranger, but it is a blind date with a stranger who speaks a completely different language from you. It might feel really foreign. So I want to leave you with some inquiries, whether you're at the beginning stages of connecting with your body again for the first time, or if you're deeper into this practice, I'll have some for you as well. So for newbies, I invite you to start by asking your body, what, if anything, body, are you trying to protect me from or prove today? What pain do you not want to let happen to me again? And just see what comes up. Maybe what comes up is something like, I remember the time that man crossed lines with you and you didn't feel safe and tried to stop him, but he didn't listen. I never want that to happen to you again. Maybe this is what your body is trying to keep you from experiencing again, right? So whatever comes up, you might try talking back to your body while holding your body, hand over heart or a self-hug or patting or rubbing your shoulder. And this might be so foreign to you and that's okay, You know, a little bit outside your comfort zone is a great place to grow. We just don't want to stretch so far out of our comfort zone that we don't feel safe. So you might comfort yourself as if you were speaking to a small child that just told you this sacred pain that they experienced. If a small child told you that they were violated, this is how you would speak to it, right? You'd be like, I'm so sorry you experienced that. That thank you for telling me that never should have happened. It's not okay. It was wrong. That's not your fault. You deserve to be so deeply respected and so highly honored. And I'm heartbroken that this happened to you. You might say something like, I'm here. I'm with you. You're safe now. What do you need? So this is the beginning work to begin to align with our authentic identity, to reclaim intimacy with our own bodies, with our own selves to reclaim our truest, most sincerest essence. This is the beginning work to going back to reclaim that original child we once were while simultaneously calling upon the future, higher, wiser self that we're stepping into. Radical compassion and curious attention in the now is where those two versions of us can collide in a beautiful way, where we can actually hold the woman we were designed to be. Out of survival mode, return to safety, with nothing to prove and nothing to protect, just the opportunity to finally be. So that's a good place to start. But for those of you who are deeper in your practice, that question and practice never gets old, by the way, going back to that basic inquiry and response, it's always a good thing. But if you have moved trauma out of your body significantly and you're in a place that's balanced and grounded and anchored with a deep peace and a deep knowing that you have nothing to prove, nothing to protect. Today, you might just take the time to deepen your gratitude. Gratitude is the highest vibrational energy out there, and it only expands whatever it is you're trying to grow. So you want more expansion in your marriage? Gratitude. More abundance with your money? Gratitude. More growth in your parenting? Gratitude. Increase in your peace and your joy, gratitude, not the cute cliche, like just pillow this be grateful, but like embodying feeling in your body, gratitude, really feeling it. So you might hold your body again and thank it for what it has survived to keep you safe. Thank it for how it's changed and adapted over the years to keep you alive. And if you've ever been pregnant, how it's literally sustained life inside of you. If you've ever lost a baby, you might hold your body and take some time to grieve with it. Let it know how you felt when that happened and how you're so sorry for the pain of that experience that 
both you and your body went through. You might thank your body for the positive adventures that it's enabled you to go on or thank it for doing its best to function just under impossible circumstances. You might thank it for all the ways it has healed over the recent years, the new healthy cells it's regenerated for you, the new neural pathways that it's laid down, the new spaces for deeper breath to be allowed in and received. You might thank your muscles for being strong enough to do the tasks you take for granted today. Our body posture can seriously tell us so much about our identity, how we're currently viewing ourselves, how others are perceiving us, and the simple awareness of this can be so enlightening. So we can actually evaluate, wait, is this really me? Is this my identity that I'm a perfectionist? Or was that just the way I survived for years because it felt safe and got validated? Am I really a boss bitch who's tough as nails and doesn't let anyone mess with her? Or was that a mask of protection that I needed for a time in order to survive the environment I was in? So I hope today served you and invited you into deeper inquiry so you can continue on this path to breakthrough in your own life, marriage, business, health, parenting, purpose, and more. Ah, I'm honored you found today's episode worth your listen and time to hang out with me today. You know, for some of us, this podcast is just the thing you need to support you towards your breakthrough. But for others, we know we need a deeper level of support and guidance. So if you're a highly ambitious woman who's ready to repair deep, unshakable connection in your marriage, I'd love to tell you about my client coaching program called Root to Rise. This is the life-changing transformational container that will teach you exactly how to launch your marriage to the next level by moving trauma out of your body and stepping back into your power. Even if you've already tried everything, even if you're caught on the fence of should I stay or should I go, and even if your husband's not on board today. So look for my link in the show notes to book a call with me and we'll just talk about what's working, what's not, where you want to go. And very easily, I'll be able to tell you if and how I can help you. And if not me, I can still point you in the direction of some resources that can. So either way, tons of clarity. We'll have some fun getting to know each other while we're at it. And that's it for today. Huge hugs, my friend. I'll chat with you next Friday.